Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this Monday episode. We're going to get you off the porch today. It's going to be an interesting week, and we're going to start it out with Carrie Porch, and he's got an interesting story. We'll jump into that interview after inspiration. Our inspiration today is going to be Walls Torn Down and Unity Found. Since 1961, families and friends had been separated by the Berlin Wall. Erected that year by the East German government, the barrier kept the citizens from fleeing to West Germany. In fact, from 1949 to the day the structure was built, it's estimated more than 2.5 million East Germans had bolted to the West. U.S. President Ronald Reagan stood at the wall in 1987 and famously said, tear down the wall. His words reflected a groundswell of change that culminated with the wall being torn down in 1989, leading to Germany's joyous reunification. Paul wrote of a wall of hostility torn down by Jesus. The wall had existed between Jews, God's chosen people, and the Gentiles, all the other people, and it was symbolized by the dividing wall in the ancient temple erected by Herod the Great in Jerusalem. It kept Gentiles from entering beyond the outer courts of the temple, though they could see the inner courts. But Jesus brought peace and reconciliation between the Jews and Gentiles and between God and all of his people. He did so by breaking down the wall that separated us by his death on the cross. The good news of peace made it possible for all to be united by the faith in Christ. Today, many things can divide us as God provides what we need. Let us strive to live out the peace and unity found in Jesus. Heavenly Father, please help us to tear down the walls that deny your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Inspiring amen. inspiration today for sure. We've got uh, lots and lots of things trying to divide us. Sometimes fences make good neighbors, good fences especially. But a lot of times we are divided based upon ideologies that are drilled into us by what they now call misinformation. And it seems like the information we get so often is min misinformation or just flat out lies and propaganda. So we're going to maybe jump into those topics, but we're going to jump into a conversation and you're going to jump off the porch after hearing from Carrie Porch. He was uh, an interesting character, I hear, where he had a, a local gathering here in Spokane at a university. And we're just going to have him jump in and tell his story. Carrie, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Tim and Shannon. Thanks so much for having me. So, uh, yeah, first of all, you guys have a beautiful part of the country. I've always loved the Pac Northwest. And uh, each time I come up there, I live in Florida now, but each time I come up there, it's getting harder and harder to leave. Uh, like I said, I was with you guys in Spokane and then uh, did another speech in Coeur d'Alene. And uh, just, man, talk about God's country. It was amazing. And uh, definitely want to come back. I just looked at the real estate prices. I'm like, well, maybe in a few years. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, there. see. well, you know, it is a beautiful area area anywhere i've been there's no place like it in my personal opinion been here my whole life in the northwest and i'll tell you it's not like where you're at now over uh, on the east coast down in florida area we don't have reptiles up here in the kind of sizes <laughs> uh proportions and lethality except in politics and media it's similar there uh, so let's yeah, jump into this is a show just kind of 
talking about who Carrie Porch is so the audience can have a background on you. Sure. Uh, yeah. So basically a, a, an elevator kind of speech is there. My name is Carrie Porch. I uh, used to work at CNN from about 2017 to the end of 2019. Um, went in there to basically cover, you know, I worked for politics. So I was uh, in the background in the field at CNN. You know, pretty much everyone you see on TV from like Wolf Blitzer to Jake Tapper, I worked with and for and alongside all those guys. Uh, had an amazing job. Uh, at the time, just for full disclosure, I was an ardent, uh, very left Democrat. Uh, I would I would call myself a leftist. I campaigned for Bernie Sanders in the 16 election, and then I went to CNN with the <laughs> admitted sole mission of doing what I can to take down Trump and all Republicans. Uh, that's just kind of where I was at. But while working at CNN, it was a very open, cross-pollinated thing where you know the low guy on the totem pole, an engineer, could go uh, talk to Wolf Blitzer, to the producers, or anyone in between. So I got to see, even as a low-level guy, I got to see how the sausage is made, as we've heard in the political realm. But and it's not made more, out of it's not made out of pork, though. They 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 lie no, about that no, no, too. The, yeah, the the pork the pork is saved for the bills, you know, like all the money that they they dole out to both sides of the fence. And um, just long story short, uh, the stuff I started noticing here and there, it got my antenna raised. That like, wait a minute, we're we're not putting that story forth with like as centered down the road as as CNN purports to be. And just eventually, it just led me to start researching. Um, topics and speeches like like for instance listening to full trump speeches with no editorial and uh, you know started changing my opinion slowly but surely of the other side of the fence of my enemy so to speak and eventually just changed my ideology and at that time i had a choice to make do i want to uh, continue what I'm doing or have a real life matrix moment, like uh, take take the blue pill and stay where I'm at or take the red pill and really kind of see where the rabbit hole goes. I decided to take the red pill and eventually met up with uh, James O'Keefe at Project Veritas and did about six months of undercover recording of inside CNN, anyone from the top guy, Jeff Zucker, down to fellow low-level guys, uh, men and women at my level, and just documented a whole bunch of bias uh, went to press October of 2019, caused a really big stir, got fired in the process, chased out of town like uh, my uh, then pregnant fiance and me moved down to Tampa because we have a, you know, a family here to help us with the incoming new child. And we've been here since uh, October of 2019. And I still kind of step in the trenches from time to time. I have like a normal nine to five and then I come and speak and kind of educate and, and, and activate and stuff and teach how to grassroots and everything like that. So uh, I got a full plate now, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way, especially on this side of the fence after the dust settled. Well, you definitely have a life experience from the inside of that, that, that most of us, we can assume or we can, you know, understand, you know, looking at different types of media. I like to get information from all over the place and then absolutely then read between the lines because there's always some kind of bias there. Even on our show here, I know that we are somewhat biased, but a lot of times people think, oh, they're crazy right wing. On a lot of issues, I'm just looking at the truth. I want government to follow the laws, follow the Constitution, and serve the people appropriately. And and on some of those things, you're a radical if you think that they should, you know, maybe not waste so much money or spend things on things that the Constitution doesn't lay out. So it, it, it's radical to think that, I guess, in today's world. So did you go to university? Oh, yeah. I started out, uh, I was actually a music major when I started out in college and just kind of didn't really kind of follow that pathway. Um, and then I kind of switched over to psychology, which I'm wrapping up now. So um, that's kind of where I'm at now. And um, do you feel yeah, that the, the university experience kind of formed that left 
the hardcore left visions kind of into you and think, you know, it's, it just seems like we should go that direction. We got to tax the rich. We got to, you know, tax more people to create more fairness and equity and inclusion and all the different things that they're trying to purport with leftist values that never really work out in the end. I mean, at the time, so, yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from today, definitely. Um, I think it's always been there to some degree. Um, my first stint with college was in, like, the early to mid-2000s. I mean, it was there, but not to as big a degree as it is now that we all see coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, um, holy smokes, it's it's really ooh. prevalent. Now, I, I was in community college back in the early 2000s, and they, you know, drove certain narratives, and obviously... Uh, it was a little bit different. There's some new uh, dynamics and, you know, gender roles and different things uh, now, but uh, it's uh, on fire in universities now. Oh, yeah. And that's part of the uh, some of the stories that I was able to help uncover when I actually worked for Veritas full time uh, for a bit after my story. Like it, it's becoming crazy. And I have a beautiful three and a half year old. And that's uh, that is definitely one of my fears is putting her in public school. I mean, that's why we're uh, we're looking at, you know, doing the private school thing, although it's incredibly expensive. But I mean, <laughs> I literally have done stories on what's going on in the public sector. And I'm like, you know, spending an extra X thousands of dollars per year is worth it to not have my daughter subjected to, you know, cultural Marxism and stuff in our schools. Yeah. And, and those things are scary. And Go ahead. You pay for the good education early or you pay for it in counseling later. <laughs> All right. And, you know, when that's, I just, I'm just, like I said, that's my greatest fear is, you know, getting her through the school and then getting her to go off to college for the first year. And then she comes back with a, you know, shaved head and armpit hair flying out and piercings everywhere. And, you know, she identifies as a boy, you know, like or, or a misunderstanding. I mean, there's, you, you don't, you don't have to identify as the opposite gender. There's like 48 oh, yeah, it's like, know, yeah. or, or 112 in the master, master list of genders you can pick from, or you can create your own. You can be, you know, a furry or an animal of some kind. So this insanity, I know that most parents, even left leaning or people that were formerly left leaning like yourself are looking at, at these things and we look at the things that are shaping our culture because I, I don't think politics is downstream of the culture. I think that it's become special interest activism, kind of like the activism in media, like your experience at CNN where, um, and by the way, folks, you got to look this guy up, Kerry Porch. He also is an author. And this book is um, This Was CNN. And it's at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Again, this was CNN. So that was his CNN experience there. You can also find him on On the Porch Twitter, On the Porch 2, Instagram. So at CNN, you saw how they structured intentional lies for people to believe about elected officials or stories to fit narratives. They structured the lies before they reported. That's, I'm assuming that's what you experienced. No, and you're pretty spot on. And I want to revisit the uh, the politics and, and downstream in a minute. But yes, to answer your immediate question, let me put it in a, answer it with a story because, hey, you know, Jesus answered questions with stories and they were way more effective and, and getting into your psyche. So what really the one thing and I think, um, you know, Shannon's I think I said this to Shannon at the speech the other night is what initially poked my piqued my interest and poked up my antenna was I was bootsing on ground during Charlottesville during the 2017, you know, Unite the Right rally covering all the, the craziness that happened there. I'm sure we all remember that. Bad day for everybody, right? Oh, yeah. So, but uh, keep in mind at the time, I hated Trump. I hated people on the right. That's where I was. I was still there. 
And I was boots on ground when I saw his speech when he came to Charlottesville and he literally said, there are good people on both sides. And then he continued, but not the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, they should be condemned totally. Like I saw that with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. And even though I was not a fan, I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's actually a very presidential speech trying to unite us, bring us together, you know, high five, clap. I mean, I thought that was a brilliant, amazing speech to try to like, okay, let's quell the, quell the violence and try to find some middle ground. But what did I see and what did you guys see the next Monday during the news cycle? They had the tape as there are good people on both sides and then they cut it right there. Mm-hmm. So like to me, that was like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. those extra three to five seconds were some powerful context to leave out. Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, there's good people on both sides of issues. Like there's people that are, are kind of center left or center right and they just like things let's get along so we can fill the potholes and deal with major drug problems in our community stuff like that when the media comes together and they look at these things they take the most radical element of both sides and paint everyone in that light uh like the horn hat guy right that took over the the country for a minute and that becomes the narrative when there was more said there like you said by trump but there's also so many of these times where just like Charlottesville, that was the case, that there was only a few radical people there where the rest of the people really believed in their country and their constitution. They weren't racist or radical. Uh, Some of them were, but those opposing sides in the minority will exist. Why do we focus on the, the small portion when there's much larger issues that could have been conveyed, I'm sure, as you found being at the event? Well, yeah, and uh, and that was the thing, and and but there was a willful act to like literally they had the full tape, they had the raw tape. Someone in the editorial bay was either did it on their own or was most likely directed from on high because Jeff Zucker, the CEO, ran that business with an iron fist, like he was ruthless. Uh, he had his hands in everything, and so they willfully cut out like oh those three or four seconds, and then it that became in the psyche the oh good people on both sides like that was their the less rallying cry against Trump supporters oh you think there's good Nazis and this that and the other it eventually even made its way onto Biden's coming out uh, campaign ad he was like oh you don't want people and good people on both sides like it it became part of the culture and that kind of makes me dovetail back into what you said and I want to give you a little bit of pushback Tim about uh, you know we we disagree on about politics being downstream from culture so well you like, know what I, but let's give me that pushback folks we're gonna have to to take a break i'm glad he's got some, <laughs> gotcha. some pushback on the politics downstream of culture because it's ironic to me the point that he just brought up about the good on both sides it seems like we're playing that game with uh israel and the hamas and palestinian mm-hmm. thing right now we're funding both sides is what we're looking to do so let's continue this discussion in just a moment we're going to be right back again with carrie porch book is this was cnn we'll be right back We want to thank God and you, the listeners, for the opportunity to continue the Right Spokane Perspective radio show and podcast programming. Listeners, it's because of your support we continue to bring you facts, commentary, and alerts on what's happening in local government, politics, and issues affecting us all. Please send your most generous support to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620, Spokane, WA 99207. Thanks again, and back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective. Again, we're visited by Kerry Porch. He is on the phone with us from the East Coast. He's enjoying his time with his children over there, just south of D.C., where all the dirty sausage is made, and also south of New York, where all the dirty messaging is broadcast. And so we're going to jump back into the conversation again. He's got a book, This Was CNN, and he's going to come back into the show here to correct me a little bit on the 
politics downstream of culture comment I made. J- jump back in, Carrie. No, no. Again, thanks for having me, guys. It truly is an honor on, to go on uh, your show. And it's not necessarily a wrong thing. It's just, uh, you know, I like I said, I worked for I did my story with James O'Keefe and Project Veritas and then eventually worked for them for about a year or so. And many people may or may not know uh, James and his team are direct mentees, like acolytes, like learning from at the foot of the master of Andrew Breitbart. They were all in that culture back in the day before it was a thing. And it's a thing like what what I hate to see is. And I'll say us, like, you know, kind of on the right, the center to the right, like what we're trying to combat and win on policy and stuff, because we do have overall the better ideas. But what is the left doing? They're winning the culture. And that's what they have to do. They win the media. They win Hollywood. They win the messaging. Like, it's cool to be to vote like us and be like us. Like, look at any type of TV show and it's cool to be on the left. And if you're on the right, you're a Nazi or something. Well, I I think you're correct. I think we're both correct, actually. So I think the the culture has now been almost redefined as people who are uh, 16 to 25. And that's because that's where we put all our money in the university system that wastes it so well on Marxist professors. And then they create activism. They We fund with our tax dollars so students can visit their capitals and their city council and become activists. We fund the nonprofits to force agendas on us. So we actually pay for the destruction of our culture. But then all these Bingo. 25-year-olds get a couple years under their belt. They go get a job, kind of like you did. Uh, then they have a child. They look at the future and they're like, I was lied to. You know, that's how well, yeah, they it's, look at the looking. first paycheck. I mean, that old adage on what I'm what I'm saying, though, Tim, is that they've done this for decades. The left has infiltrated like, you know, academia, Hollywood, all this other stuff. And then a few years ago, one or two cycles ago, you get an AOC. And now with this recent cycle, you have a Maxwell Frost, the first Gen Z elected candidate. And he's mm-hmm. not going to be the last. And that's that like. We're at the precipice of a cliff because now, like all these Gen Z candidates, guess what? They're actually motivated to vote. They're going to fill Congress and with their people and start doing away with stuff like trying to expand the Supreme Court and get their way. Like, that's what I'm talking. I think, yeah, I think we kind of our Venn diagrams are more aligned than they're not. It's like you go after that culture. It'll just bleed over into like the policy. I think so. Well, I think we have to go after the culture. We did a show not too long ago, and it was called We're at War with Ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, mm, you know, okay. we're, we're funding the drug problem. It's it. We, oh, we're, sub- started. <laughs> we're subsidizing it. I got my haircut and the lady says, what's the number one solution? I'm like, well, I talk about these things all day long. My haircut lasted over an hour. And I was like, <laughs> at the end, I'm like, okay, just one policy. I don't want to, you know, we can't drug test for welfare and the drug war will end because we're subsidizing yeah, it. That's just it. And most people know that it's kind of like the problems in the culture. Most people realize for the most part, in, in the same world, in a society that continues forward, there's two genders. And that's crazy to say and illegal to say in most workplaces, but the reality is is that in the workplace and most of these other things that they're pushing, all of those other things are identity outside of what your purpose in that career or location is. So they're controlling and creating culture where there's not supposed to be one. You're supposed to have a company culture for the objectives like CNN should be objectives of getting closest to the truth first. Yeah, you would think so, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, moving on, we've, we've got some time left here. Uh, tell us more about your, like your experiences with Project Veritas, you know, some of the things that, that you've changed in, in what you saw versus what you want the reality to look like in the future culture for your daughter. 
So the main thing that I was really proud to be a part of, aside from my story, I mean, that was like the big flash in the pan, caused a big stir. And, you know, some of the critique I got, which was not wrong, uh, some people that like, no, well, this is stuff we already knew. I'm like, yes, but that my story was the first time that it was got caught, caught on tape. Now you got the evidence. That's that's the difference. I mean, I got a 25 year old, a 25 year veteran, like you know, only what three or four down from Zucker himself at a bar or at a restaurant, and he literally said, "It's like you know, we're totally left leaning, but we don't want to admit it." I mean, that's like clear as day, and your wife saw it at the speech as well. So that's what I loved about the work we did is the undercover journalism, and people want to give it like, "Oh, it's deceptive," and this and that, and it's it's scummy, but like that is the only way you're truly going to get people to like say the quiet parts out loud. If I go to you, Tim, and I have an ABC flag mic in front of your face, you know, you're not going to give me the full skinny. You're going to give me the PR sanitized version of whatever it is I'm asking you about. Whereas if you and I go to a bar and I, you know, we become friends and friendly and stuff, you're just going to start naturally just wanting to relate and spill the beans and say some things that you probably shouldn't say. Well, you know, that you're, you're somewhat right. I think, I mean, you might be able to, if you get a few drinks in me, you might be able to get me to say things I wouldn't otherwise say. But I think if, if you, you look at the culture kind of kind of where we were talking before the thing about the left and these it doesn't even have to be a left if you're agenda driven and you're not interested in the truth then you're okay with lying to people and all of that when if you've you know started talking to me about where i stand on things and my audience knows uh you're probably going to hear exactly what where I'm at. And that's where more conservative family values, people who love a country that have a justice system that's supposed to find the truth are at is let's just seek the truth and, and not propagandize. And, and there's propaganda and right leaning media. We see well, of some of that, but the left is, is so good at being deceptive about their bias. Whereas the, the right leaning media, it's pretty obvious that, you know, there that's where they're at whereas the left-leaning media produces things to be deceptive to, is my kind of view of that no and you're i think you're right on that and thank you for bringing that up I man if like you, i was meaning if you like i know if i asked you over drinks you, like your story after drinks would be the same without drinks like i believe that about you you're a man of integrity but if you worked at you were a you worked at the national education administration or whatever the doe or something like that like, you know, they have to kind of hide, like in some of the stories that have come out since I've been there and left about, uh, for instance, the gender transition stuff. Many school districts have in written policy that, you know, if a child wants to come to a teacher and identify something else, then the school legally, I guess, will not be obligated to tell the parents the child can transition on their own, whether it's under duress or influence or manipulation from the administration. And this, the parents are none the wires, wiser. Like, yeah, I don't want issue. people. <laughs> that issue. And that's so you heard, talked earlier about putting your child in private school. And just that issue alone is enough. But you dug deeper into it because you realized that it wasn't just that issue with your investigations. Because the reality is you go to the Department of Education or you go to the teachers union, whether it's the local one or the national one or anything in between. And they're all going to say, our focus is centered the on the, the children and success for the students. But what's happened since those groups have become more powerful and active, it's less and less outcome for students and more and more bureaucracy in their in their culture war that they're bringing to the students. And, and of course, the, I love this whole thing. Of, we're not doing that in the schools, but it's good that we are. <laughs> right? Yeah, and then when you come out with a, with a, with a undercover tape of it happening – 
oh yeah, well, if you're not on board with this, then you're just a bigot. Like, yeah. well, and not only that, they've pushed like Washington state, they pushed for laws, uh, last legislative cycle here in Washington state, the law actually got passed that parents aren't allowed to be involved in the decision-making mm. of their children, you know, 13 mm. years old, medically, they can do whatever they want after 13 without talking to their parents. It's up to the medical wow. person in Washington state. And with the whole gender issue in schools, it's whenever they enter school, there is no age. They're already legally allowing the public school system to advocate for help and, um, you know, do the counseling for and connections for gender transition. And the parents are never involved or allowed to be involved. And it's actually a child abuse claim if a parent doesn't affirm. affirm <laughs> There, it's crazy. Yes, sir. And I'm, I'm, and uh, like I, I, I heard it was kind of, kind of that way in Washington and Oregon. I and mean, I've seen some insane headlines, and I'm like, this has got to be a Babylon B article. And then I look it up, I'm like, holy crap, it's real, like in Oregon and Washington. <laughs> yeah, like, and uh, by the way, I hope uh, this is just Carrie's personal opinion. I hope you guys are able to be part of that greater Idaho thing going on, <laughs> you know, because I know Eastern Washington is different from Western Washington. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I my property actually self-identifies that it's in any, <laughs> o- any other <laughs> state between here and like uh, – Minnesota. So it's, it, it, it is that crazy here. And it's, it's weird that it's passing the legislature because some of this stuff that when it was hitting policy, it wouldn't pass the legislature. But now that you've got these activist groups, like you say, getting so powerful by taking these children right out of university when their mind has been uh, corrupted, it used to be like, the older generation, it was, you know, Woodstock and LSD where crazy ideas came from. Now it's the, the universities and everything that they're teaching, pushing into these kids going right into policy. And it's like, we should have a rule. You can't become uh, an elected leader unless you've helped raise nieces, nephews, or have your children of your own. So that you're like thinking about the future beyond uh, next paycheck. I mean, you know, I'm told I'd totally be open to discussion on that. I mean, there's so many things that you and I both were would would probably change for the better if we were king for the day, but we are a republic, so it is what it is. This this is what we have to do. Now, hold on, though. No, are we a republic still? Supposed to be. <laughs> I, I think if you and I were in control for a day, we'd probably force it back because we'd pull back those instincts of well, we could control this and it'd help those people though. But reality, freedom, uh, like in my belief. My God is actually uh, pretty libertarian. Uh, he gave us free will, but with that comes consequences. But now we've got this, oh, but you don't have to have consequences, government and the healthcare and all the other things, you know, we can pay for it through socialism, Marxism. And I, I feel that there isn't media that's really pushing those kinds of perspectives on both political parties. Certainly could be. And and what I was telling at the speech and, and uh, you know, Shannon kind of, we, we touched on this a little bit is where, you know, nowadays news is a business. It's no longer a service. I mean, it's always been a business, but we went from, I mean, I think what the last thing I heard was like what eight or nine corporations own what, 85, 95% of all the channels and the outlets and the radio stations across America. And I mean, it's it's one of those very well-written charts and stuff. And it's terrifying because literally you have, uh, keep in mind about this, okay, and uh, Jeff Bezos, you know, re- the second richest man in the world, depending on who you're looking at. The, the man is at the level where hundreds of, what, one or two or 300 billion, whatever it is right now, basically that man can 
do and buy and go anywhere and get anything he wants in the world. Mm-hmm. There, he's been on an interview. I, I, I got to find it. It's, it's really, it's really poignant. Where he's on tape saying that his most prized possession or most prized purchase that he's most proud of is when he purchased the Washington Post oh, as a, yeah. as an arm. Mm-hmm. And like that to me. And then James always talked about it as O'Keefe always talked about it as well. Like how profound is that? That a man of that level of wealth and influence could have like anything he wanted he's got spaceships you know but his most prized possession is when he got a newspaper well that's the problem with power is you don't have enough power till it's absolute power what do we know about absolute power corrupts absolutely and then that's what the paper can do it can whether it was washington post or new york times or whatever like he bought a major top three to top five publication that has millions of loyal readership and that will pretty much take what's printed as gospel that is power right there and and it's also the ability to be fully corrupted. And I totally agree with you on the media thing. There's only a few corporations in control. Now you can look at your fast food restaurants. You think they're a different brand. You look at the parent brand. Most of them are the same. You look at retail. Most of the stuff is shipped in through the same uh, corporations that bring from overseas to most of the retailers. So the, the absolute power has absolutely corrupted and it seems like government policy and HR departments are pushing us further and further to the left. So we're losing the culture war. It's time to start fighting back. And the best way to do that is to find the truth. Again, this is Kerry porch. He wrote a book. It's called this was CNN. Look him up at on the porch on Twitter X or on the porch to on Instagram. Thank you for your time today, Carrie. Hey, it's my pleasure, Tim and Shannon. Thank you so much. And you guys stay in the stay in the fight and we'll see each other in the trenches. Absolutely. Give us a heads up if you got something worked up or or a location in the Northwest you're going to be at again and we'll we'll get you back on. Yes, sir. Thanks guys. Talk soon. Thanks. Take care. All that being said, we'll see you folks again tomorrow. Bye bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.